Broadcasting from the heartland of America. In the Hoosier Media Network Studios. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is hour number two of the Voice of Reason's Weekend Edition. Broadcasting out of the heart of the nation in Wichita, Kansas at the Hoosier Media Network Studio. So wonderful to have you along for the ride as we do every single weekend. You can find us on our website at HoosierReason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. Also our social media with the same handle at Hoosier Reason. Again, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. No I in Hoosier. I know that's how you spell it if you're from Indiana, and I know that oh so well coming from that area, but no, it's Hoosier without the I. HoosierReason.com uh, and our social media at Hoosier Reason. Thanks again to Mike Hill coming on the program, former state representative from the state of Florida. So we are getting ready, uh, as you know, again, uh, for all of our radio listeners, and I don't think that we have any stations right now that actually broadcast the show live, although some are coming on board here soon. We'll ex- be excited to announce those. So all of our pr- uh, uh, radio stations broadcast this delayed tape whenever that may be Saturday evening on Sundays doesn't really matter but we are one of the only shows that actually does political talk live on the weekend there's only two in the entire nation and we're one of them so we're greatly honored for that which means we get to cover things on the weekend that normally you would have to wait and hear about Monday once it's all said and done we're not going to do that we're covering a lot of stuff happening this weekend obviously the south carolina primary is ongoing right now which donald trump according to the polls uh, went into the day 60 to 35 up over nikki haley with even an open primary we're near 70 percent of the voter turnout so far that we've seen this evening has been republicans not independents not democrats so overwhelmingly it's expected donald trump to pull off a major victory in the state we could speculate on Maybe the Democrats that are voting in this open primary for the Republican primary on whether they would vote for Nikki Haley to keep her in the race, kind of like an Operation Chaos thing that Rush Limbaugh used to do, or whether they want Donald Trump to become the nominee because they see him as an easy target to win against and beat in the general election of 2024. So we'll break some of that down as the hour goes along if we start getting some numbers to trickle in. But going on live right now is the tail end of the Conservative Political Action Conference in Washington, D.C. Now, if you've never been to CPAC, I highly recommend it at some point. I know it's pricey. In fact, I was talking to some people. We were going to get some guests on uh, on the program that were live at CPAC during the show. But they called and said it's just way too crazy. It's nuts. We don't have the opportunity to do that. Uh, so I get it. It's it's fine. But it's kind of pricey. He was saying just for like a single night at the hotel where the conference is actually being held is like seven hundred dollars a night. So I a little bit a little bit out of the price range for the Voice of Reasons budget uh, for a remote broadcast. But one of these years we will broadcast live from the Conservative Political uh, Political Action Conference. If you've never gone, it's an experience that you have to have at some point in your life. We're about ready, I think, to wrap up with it, which means I think that the last speaker is going to be former President Donald Trump. So if he does come out during the program here in the next hour, which I think he's going to come out in the next couple of minutes, then we'll go to him live and listen to some of that live on this broadcast. But as they're wrapping up, they have done some polls. They always do like a like a CPAC caucus uh, for you to be able to vote in and do the surveys on it. And this kind of gets the ideas of where the conservative mindset is in the nation. And again, this is just a, a way to, you know, do a rally for you to refuel those, you know, emotions, refuel that tank of politics. When you're on the front lines battling day in and day out, it can be exhausting. And sometimes you begin to question on whether what you're doing actually has a purpose, whether you're actually changing something, whether you're doing things for the good, which is why some of these speakers that they've had are extremely important in our messaging. 
But the survey is kind of interesting. They've asked a few different questions that they showed the response for and the results of as they begin to wrap things up. Among the following, what is your favorite member of Congress? Now, the House representatives, according to the poll, 29% of those at CPAC said that Jim Jordan was their favorite Congress member in Washington, D.C., followed by Matt Gates at number two at 24%, which I find kind of interesting. Uh, Byron Donalds came in at number three. Uh, for that one. So maybe maybe Donald Trump's done. Maybe he spoke before everybody because they, I think, just under the broadcast. So maybe they're all said and done. Doesn't matter. Uh, that's okay. Um, but Matt Gates coming at number two is kind of surprising after what the media is calling him is the rabble rouser that caused a lot of the issues, in, obviously, with the Speaker of the House and Kevin McCarthy and causing a ruckus in D.C. for his own political objective and own political uh, persuasion in order to get the investigation off of him for the shenanigans that he's doing in the state of Florida, right? Uh, Also, the favorite senator, another surprise, J.D. Vance coming in at number one, senator from the great state of Ohio at 21%, Ted Cruz at number two, Rand Paul at number three, Josh Hawley at number four, Tim Scott at number five, and Tommy Tuberville at number six for the favorite senators in Congress. If Joe Biden uh, were not president or not going to be the Democrat nominee for president, who do you think the Democrats will nominate? Overwhelming 47% say that Michelle Obama is going to be that replacement nominee, followed by Gavin Newsom at 32%, Kamala Harris at 6%, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at 2%, along with Gretchen Whitmer, Hillary Clinton and Pete Buttigieg tied at 1%. (laughs) Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was also on that list at like less than a percent. So well done. Well done. Yeah. Whoever voted for that's hilarious. Well done on that one. Uh, did you approve of Donald Trump as the president? 96% of them said yes. And if Donald Trump were to be elected, do you think he'd do a better or worse job? 90% said that he'd do a better job. And the poll, at least at CPAC, with more than 1,500 individuals doing that survey at CPAC, showing that if they had to choose between Trump or Nikki Haley, it is a 94 to 5%. 94% to 5% with Donald Trump winning the uh, CPAC caucus poll at uh, the Conservative Political Action Conference. So interesting stuff for sure. Some of the speakers, because this conservative movement's not just happening in the U.S., CPAC is actually trying to work on a global front, not just a nationwide front, while they've done some different touring around the nation. They've had their annual CPAC convention for years. This has been something that is uh, now making it on a global stage. And some of the speakers this year, have been spot on if you've not been had a chance to sit and actually pay attention and to watch a lot of these speakers go to youtube and do it i highly recommend you watch the entire speeches because knock it out of the park you want to talk about home runs for the conservative movement not just in the united states but things that are going on around the globe to warn us of what's coming to the united states is something that we need to focus on here on the program it's your week in review So one of the speakers that happened on Thursday evening, probably one of my favorites, is the president of El Salvador, out of all places, Nayib Bukele. And so I first heard this name, and as some people know, I work for a cluster of radio stations in the Wichita area during the weekday, uh, during the weeks, and one of our stations is a Spanish radio station. My program director has a green card from Mexico. He's here. He's been here for years. Uh, His name is Adon, and he told me, he's the one that told me about this guy months ago. And said, Nayib Bukele, the president of El Salvador, he said, I wish for the president of all of Central America. He said, I wish he was here in the United States. I wish that he was doubted. 
this guy completely cleaned up El Salvador, which, as you know, when you think of El Salvador, the first reputational thought that you get is, well, they're the murder crime of the world because that's where MS, uh, MS-13, the gang, MS-13 actually originates from. They're terrible. What are you talking about, the president of El Salvador? Well, the president, the new president, who, by the way, just won re-election with 83% of the vote in El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, is the first guy in decades to actually declare war on the gangs, arresting more than 70,000 MS-13 gang members in the country, throwing them in jail, working on the rehabilitation process, getting rid of corrupt judges, the corruption within the government that were paid for by this essentially parallel government that the gangs created back in in El Salvador, essentially a cartel-like mindset where he's the first one that had the huevos, so to speak, to declare war on these individuals and win. And he's cleaned it up to where now they are the most pure, most uncorrupted and uh, uh, the least violent nation in Central America. And we have to applaud this individual, him speaking at CPAC on Thursday. They say, they say globalism comes to die at CPAC. I'm here to tell you that in El Salvador, it's already dead. But if you want globalism to die here too, you must be willing to unapologetically fight against everything and everyone that stands for it. Fight for your freedoms, fight for your rights. The next president of the United States must not only win an election, he must have the vision, the will, and the courage to do whatever it takes. And above all, he must be able to identify the underlying forces that will conspire him, that will conspire against him. These dark forces are already taking over your country. You may not see it yet, but it's already happening. You don't see it as clearly because people are designed to see linear changes, not exponential ones. We don't always recognize how fast a problem can multiply and spiral out of control. Uh, that again from uh, uh, CPAC earlier on Thursday. That was the El Salvador president, Naib Bukele, talking about how he cleaned it up and how the president here in the United States needs to really have their act together because the forces of evil, is what he calls them, are against them. And not only will he have to deal with the media, not only will he have to deal with the opposition politically, but the corruption in the system to be desperate to keep them away from that power because they don't like it. And we're going to have to do some pretty drastic things in order to do this. Now, what I find ironic is that speech right there, just that was the beginning of the speech. And he went on for like 30 minutes and we'll play a couple more clips here. I usually don't play long audio clips, but for some of these, you just want to listen to what they have to say because they're so brilliant. Uh, in many of these cases, the media, mainstream media across the nation, CNN, MSNBC, losing their minds over CPAC, bringing in Naib Bukele. Because they call him a tyrant. They call him a dictator in El Salvador. Now the question would be why? Why would they call him a dictator? Well, because he's thrown so many members of gangs into prison that they say he's violating human rights by just throwing them in jail because they're gang related. Which makes sense because obviously there was so much crime in El Salvador being one of the worst nations in Central America and really South America combined. One of the worst ones for gangs related and the beginning of cartels and how corrupt everything was that 
he had to do something drastic in order to get them off the streets. If you have any type of gang uh, symbol or emblem painted on you or tattooed on you at all, you were automatically thrown in jail. He talked about Satanistic rituals that were going on by many of these gang members because he actually, and ironically, blamed it on Bill Clinton that was deporting some of the criminals back to El Salvador without telling the country of El Salvador that they were gang members or criminals. So they were coming back to the nation, which I got to give credit to, I guess, Bill Clinton for actually deporting illegal immigrants from the nation, realizing that they were criminals and actually shipping them out. Bravo to you, Bill Clinton, but didn't warn El Salvador about who they were. So they ended up begin repopulating themselves as an orchestrated and an organized crime unit in the country and got so powerful they became the parallel government that ended up influencing court systems that ended up influencing politicians and the legal system and everything else because that way they could control them through a political force that was the cartels in the nation and that's a dangerous position to be in sounds vaguely familiar with what's going on here isn't it with what we have to deal with with a court system who i don't know is trying to abuse donald trump who's using their legal system to go after him with 90-plus criminal charges in state and federal levels to try and keep him off the ballot, to financially destroy him because you are not going to be near the White House again. You are not going to be allowed to be president again. And if we can't remove you off of the ballot, we're going to try to either throw you in jail or financially destroy you. That's what we're up against. It sounds like the dark forces of corruption are already here, which is what they're trying to warn us about because they see the same this signs. It's the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's your Patriot on the Prairie. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Reason, common sense, rationale. Always sign up. Become a Hoosier-holic. If you want to be a Hoosier-holic, we'd love to have you. Go to the website at HoosierReason.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It's completely free. We'll send you our once a month, not uh, over bogged down your email or anything, but we will send you a blog at uh, the beginning of the month, a newsletter that has our blog in it, information about the radio show, new stations that are coming on board, new partners that we have, information about the Hoosier Media Network and podcasts that we work with, which we do work with some other podcasts that are completely non-political. So if you want to get away from the political talk, we have some interesting conversations on there as well. And then, of course, the conversation that we have uh, with our weekly blog. And I am in the beginnings. This is going to be a while, but I am in, in the beginnings of writing a book. Now that we're technically syndicated across the nation and more stations coming on, every conservative talk radio host has have a book, right? And this has been a book that's been lingering in my mind for years on how to actually lay it out and make it happen. And now opportunities are arising to where we can make that happen. So I'm in the beginning processes. Now, <laughs> I bear with you because I'm not a writer. I'm terrible at my grammar, so I'm going to have to have a really good editor try and fix this stuff. But uh, we're beginning that process as well. We're excited about it. All right. Conservative Political Action Conference. Apparently, President Trump did speak already. I'm guessing spoke maybe before uh, the president of Argentina, Javier Milley, that we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, he spoke for about an hour and a half at CPAC, and I didn't. I missed it. I missed it. So we'll get some of the audio clips and try and play it throughout this hour as well. We already kind of know what he's going to say. I did find it ironic that he was speaking at CPAC during the day of the South Carolina primary when he should be down there. So that just shows his confidence in how well the election's going to go on today as well. But Naiba Bukele, the president of El Salvador, 
talking about his battle against socialism, his battle against the crime, his battle against the gangs, his battle against the violence and the corrupt government trying to keep him out of power where he rose to power with the promise to fight against the gangs, has arrested more than 70,000 gang members, getting them off the streets, cleaning up the streets, cleaning up the nation after two civil wars that they've had since the 1950s and now trying to rebuild the nation. And what a job he's doing with a true, uh, his first true pure democratic process of an election being held just in the last couple of weeks and winning with a landslide with more than 83% of the vote. That should tell you what's happening in the nation of El Salvador and what the mindset of people really are. And we have to get to that point, not that we're going to see maybe a landslide victory like that, but we're going to get to the point again where people can actually get away from the corruption, our corrupt legal system, and what we're seeing here in our nation as well. The same thing was happening in El Salvador. In the span of less than a decade, gangs took control of all the country and our society. They evolved into a parallel government controlling elections and even political parties. Every aspect of the daily life of most people was controlled by the gangs. Murder capital of the world is a tragic title to hold. Getting rid of what of that was the bare minimum we had to achieve in order to even start thinking about rebuilding our country. But jumping out of the water when it's already boiling is an almost impossible feat. You are not there yet. And believe me, you don't want to be. We did the unthinkable to cleanse our society. We arrested the terrorists, but we have to remove corrupt judges and corrupt attorneys and prosecutors. Thank you. Thank you. I'm curious if maybe that's why I'm just throwing this idea out there, just snowballing for a minute. But I'm just curious if that's why the media calls him a dictator, having to remove the corrupt judges, the legal experts, quote unquote, out of the system. If they're corrupt, being paid for by a corrupt group to stay in power. Do you think the media, do you think the Democrats get a little bit nervous of what's going on when we end up getting rid of the corruption going on here in the United States? I'm just guessing, just speculating. Because I think they see their end of times coming, which is going to be the end of the corruption in the U.S. legal system. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Let me tell you something. Soros and his cronies hit a brick wall in the Salvador. Thank God. Thank God. Another glory be to him. Salvadorans are now immune to his influence. No one believes his lies anymore over there. We just had We just had free and fair elections. And we won in a landslide with more than 84% of the vote. There it is. That was El Salvador President again, Naiba Bukele, speaking at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference on Thursday. Interesting stuff. And again, it shows right now that we're seeing a major 
conservative, global, uh, populist conservative movement, not just here in the United States, but that's encouraging to me. I love the fact that we're seeing it all over. And you know where it's stemming from? Largely, it's stemming from not only Brexit that we're seeing in Europe or Israel, where they're trying to fight and defend for their freedoms, but they're also seeing it major revolution. Viva la revolution, I guess, but in the real sense of actually like conservatism and individual freedom in Central and South America, places where we've seen some of the most corruption, gang-related activity, violent crimes in the entire globe. And we're seeing it in El Salvador, the murder capital of the entire world, now one of the safest nations in Central America. Argentina President Javier Milley spoke just recently as well earlier today at CPEC. We'll play some of that here in just a moment. I want to play. I uh, want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. Great partners with us here on the show. And while we go into election season, we're going to need all the help that we can get. I mentioned it during the week uh, talking with them, but I almost trust AFP more than I do my statewide Republican parties right now. We have uh, shortly after this election that's going on in South Carolina right now as we speak, uh, we're expected to hear from Ronna McDaniel, the chairwoman for the Republican National Committee, to step down as the RNC chair on election season which means that right now we're going to be vacated and we're going to have to find a new chair during election time. More chaos within the Republican Party, more infighting that we're seeing within the Republican Party. State Republican parties, many of them in shambles. I'm in Kansas. I see it uh, terribly here. Our state Republican Party right now is $7,000 in the red. Our new chairman promised us we'd have $2 million in our coffers. We're seven grand in the hole right now going into election season. How effective is our state Republican Party really going to be during an election time when we have to beat Democrats or Democrats are pushing back tooth and nail and doing everything they can to do stuff? We have to rely on ourselves and be that catalyst for change. We have to be the ones to actually have the election results. We have to be the ones to knock on doors, make the phone calls, go out and vote, or run for office ourselves. And the only way we can do that is to have the proper information, and Americans for Prosperity are the ones doing it, the largest grassroots uh, effort in the entire nation. The largest grassroots campaign organization in the entire nation, chapters all over in every single state, and you can be part of it. If you want information on them, I encourage you to go to uh, prosperityispossible.com. Prosperityispossible.com. Type in your email. You can get the info. You can figure out how to be part of it. You can get connected with your state chapter. You can get connected with your local representative with AFP. And you can figure out how to be part of the change and actually how to help out at that local level. Be that catalyst for change. I always say we may be a national radio program, but we like to focus on the local activism because politics is local. And you're not going to make that change unless you're the one that stands up and do it, does it. No one else is going to do it for you. We can't rely on anybody else to do it. I've learned very on, and I may be 35 years old, but I learned quite early that if I want something done, I have to do it myself because I don't trust anybody else to get it done or at least to get it done the right way because I'm too paranoid like that. So guess what? We have to figure it out ourselves. Americans for Prosperity helps with that. Americansforprosperity.org or go to prosperityispossible.com, type in your email and become a, uh, be part of that movement right now. All right. Uh, a few things I want to get to with CPAC because there's a greater movement abroad with the revolution happening in Central and South America that I think is absolutely necessary because that's where some of the worst socialism has grasped and taken hold with corrupt governments, gang-related activity, cartels, and socialism, big government utopianism. In the entire world. And we're starting to see some of the most conservative individuals come out of these areas, like Nayib Bukele and like Javier Milley. Now, I have some clips of uh, Javier Milley, the president of Argentina, 
at CPAC, although I trimmed him out because he doesn't speak English. So I essentially have just his interpreter for most of these audio clips. So when we hear him, it's actually the interpreter saying what he said, and I trimmed out the parts of him so we didn't have twice the audio of half of it. You can't understand what the heck he's saying, but what a brilliant guy. He looks like a wackadoodle. Just throw it out there. It looks a little strange, but he's kind of like the Einstein. He's got the crazy hair. He's got like the 1970s wild sideburns. But let me tell you something. Listening to his entire speech, he is a brilliant individual. Brilliant individual. And he is like our modern day Friedman, where we talk about exposing socialism, promoting the concept of capitalism, and promoting free markets. This guy is an absolute genius. I loved listening to him. Y básicamente, este ataque que hacen los socialistas son desde dos puntos de vista. And the attacks from socialists basically focus on two things. On the one hand, there's the regulation of monopolies, which leads to breaking the effect of increasing returns and in turn leads to the economies uh, being stagnated. In fact, if you were to regulate according to the neoclassical idea, uh, quasi-rent or uh, extraordinary profits would be zero. So it would be a world of perfect competition with no incentive for growth. So this ends up um, aborting the uh, creative uh, destruction process, um, according to Schumpeter, because these uh, creative destruction processes are based on some issue that they seek to resolve in order to be able to uh, generate more growth. So regulating profits, regulating gain leads to stagnation. And also regulating prices and quantities or amounts is tantamount to destroying property rights. Uh, it seems very dry. And it was kind of very dry because he is a very smart individual. He, I don't think he really grasped the concept that it's a rally that you get people fired up as opposed to just like talking about uh, economic philosophy. But the guy's a genius. And the fact that he worked his way up in politics in Argentina and is now president there. Again, another guy where the media lost their minds over talking about his personal life, kind of like a Donald Trump. He apparently, while he looks kind of like a goofy fellow with the crazy wild Einstein hair and 1970s really frayed out curly sideburns, like he gets apparently all these supermodels and the media was going after him for his personal life. But yet... He's got the huevos to go to the World Economic Forum and talk about socialism and how the Western world is the last preservation to fight against centralized power and the socialist movement across the globe. That's what we need. And I love it because there is a shift in society happening right now. And I hope and I pray and I know that this is conservative talk. So we're for the most part in an echo chamber with mostly Republican conservatives listening to this program. But I really hope that this branches out because as anybody knows me and even on the other side of the aisle, we're relatively friendly on this show. I'm a happy go lucky kind of guy and I want to hear your thoughts as well. And while I may not agree with them, I at least respect you if you have a coherent conversation and a coherent argument for the stance that you take. And I really hope that this reaches the other side of the aisle to understand the dangers of what socialism's doing, how bad it screwed up so many other nations, and what they're doing to fight against it. While we seem to be falling into that hole, others are beginning to try and actually climb out of them. We're going in the opposite direction, and we need to be aware of that. But the awakening's happening. The awakening's happening politically, and it's so good to see, even those that are kind of shocking. The final poll that was done at the CPAC conference this year was the last question of who do you believe Donald Trump should pick as his vice presidential candidate with him on the ticket? 
And the numbers kind of surprised me. Number one was tied with two individuals between Christy Nome and Vivek Ramaswamy. All right. I think I still think Christy Nome's going to be it. I like her a lot. I still think she's going to have a good chance of being that nominee. But Vivek Ramaswamy tied at number two. Number three in a close third slot, Tulsi Gabbard. And Tulsi Gabbard was apparently on the short list that was brought up during the Fox Hall, uh, Fox News Town Hall meeting with Laura Ingram's show earlier this week where Donald Trump sat down and said that he agreed that she was on the short list of potential VP choices as well, which blows my mind. Now, I like Tulsi Gabbard. She still has some progressive values to her that I'm a little concerned about as coming from the Democrat Party and still has some socialist-ish tendencies, believing in some type of social programs. But she walked away from the Democrat Party. She walked away from the deep state in the establishment. She walked away after her run for presidency and called out Hillary Clinton and the warmongering Democrats that are hypocrites and has become a staunch independent, has started her own podcast and media outlet, and has been campaigning for conservatives and Republicans across the nation over the past couple of years, and now apparently is even campaigning for Donald Trump, where she spoke at Mar-a-Lago, and she spoke at CPAC yesterday as well. They are so terrified that we the people may make what they think is the wrong choice, that in the name of protecting democracy and saving us from ourselves, they're actually destroying our democracy and taking away our freedom. Now, we look throughout history and we can see many examples of evildoers who find some justification, who believe that they are doing the right thing. And so today we see the Democrat elite say with great concern in their voice that if the American people elect Donald Trump again, they warn us he will destroy our democracy. They say he will be the dictator in chief, that if he's elected, it will be the last election this country sees. It's laughable. It is so crazy. It's laughable. But they're justifying their actions by telling themselves that they need to destroy our democracy in order to save it. It's lunacy. And it's the mindset and mentality of dictators. Whoa. I got to say, Tulsi Gabbard has never been one to uh, try to uh, fluff up anything. She says it the way it is. And I respect her for that. And calling the other side of the aisle and their attack on Donald Trump as tyrants and tyranny reiterates what uh, Naib Bukele said from El Salvador, that the corruption's there to try and oust Donald Trump or some of those leaders willing to get rid of that corruption. Tulsi Gabbard, the great fighter for conservatives and Donald Trump now, blows my mind and I love it. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. America's safe space for common sense. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Indeed, it is common sense, reason, rationale. That's what we do here on the show. Welcome back in. Got a few minutes left here of the show. The conservative fighting Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, how the times have changed going from the Democrat Party, which she never really fit in, to be honest. She did go after them pretty heavy. She went after Hillary Clinton big time, went after Kamala Harris big time during the presidential race when she was in there for the short amount of time. And then surprisingly, she wasn't allowed back on the debate stage, which is when she renounced her Democrat uh, registration, went independent, and now is working with conservatives, been campaigning for conservatives, speaking at the Conservative Political Action Conference, speaking at Mar-a-Lago for Donald Trump. Whoa. 
Where did that come from? I'm kind of starting to change my opinion. I really like Christy Nome. I really think that she was the more like uh, more. Uh, she had the better chance. We'll put it that way of getting the the vice presidential nomination from Donald Trump. But after this poll that we saw at CPAC, where she was tied with Vivek Ramaswamy, which I can see as well. Vivek's a great individual and a great fighter. He's like a Trump junior that is just younger, but with the same fire and wants to do the same kind of stuff. Tulsi Gabbard coming into a close spot. Number three, I could see her being a great vice presidential pick. And remember, this pick is not just to try and widen the base of the, of the Republican Party to get Donald Trump to win the election. This is also the future of the party as well in what direction we're going. The Republican Party, obviously, Donald Trump only has one more term to run and actually be president before he's done. So whoever the vice presidential candidate is, more than likely would potentially be the Republican candidate in the next election in 2028 and could potentially continue on the Trump legacy for another two more terms after this if they end up winning. So whoever it is has to be there to fight for those values of conservatism. And while I disagree on some policies with Tulsi Gabbard, she's a great conservative fighter in many aspects. And she stands for what she believes in. And even to the point where her own party ousted her because of her own opinions, where she wouldn't be bought off, she wouldn't be paid for, she wouldn't be corrupted. And she did that. So I respect the hell out of Tulsi Gabbard because she stands for what she believes in. And she would be a fighter for her values, regardless of whether, you know, sometimes we may disagree on them sometimes. Our democracy is under attack. The perpetrators of this attack are those who, in the name of saving our democracy, are destroying it. I don't use these words lightly. Every one of us who loves this country and who cherishes peace and freedom should be very alarmed by those who, driven by their insatiable hunger for power, are actively undermining all that we stand for. And almost every single day, if you're paying attention to the news and the headlines, there is some new assault and some new attack. Now, it's the Democrat elite and the swamp creatures in Washington who are doing all that they possibly can to keep us, the American people, from a very simple thing, having the freedom to choose who we want to be our next president. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, Tulsi Gabbard, while she may come from the Democrat side, she's had her eyes awakened. She challenged that status quo and got ousted, and she's been welcomed into the Republican Party, even with some of the values that we may disagree with and policy issues that we disagree with. But could she be a viable VP choice for Donald Trump? She was not one that was in my realm of a thought because I had thought when she first left the Democrat Party, yeah, she went after them viciously, which I loved. Well done. I applaud you for that. But I didn't know that she was defending Trump as much as she is. I hadn't paid attention much to her. I know she has her podcast. I, I got to be honest, I haven't listened to it. I don't have time to listen to it. But I didn't know that she's been defending and advocating for Trump as much as she has been, which is amazing. And that's great. And I think that this is a sign of more people coming on board with Donald Trump than was even there before. Why? Not because they necessarily like him. They may not like his comments they may not like his tweets or his uh, truths if you want to do it from truth social uh, which you can find us on at who's your uh, who's your reason they may not like him for certain aspects but they don't like what's being done to him by the corrupt side of the aisle the corruption happening in the legal system from those that are desperate to keep him off the ballot and the rhetoric being used against him that he would come into office arrest everybody 
and execute his political opponents to where there would never be another election again. That rhetoric is turning off so many people that he's gaining support from those that normally wouldn't support him just for the fact that they don't want to see this hyperbole and this tyrannical movement from the left side of the aisle. And Tulsi Gabbard apparently is one of those and now could potentially be that VP choice. And if he chose her, I think that would be a very smart move. Not to endorse her, but I think she would do a brilliant job if that ended up becoming the challenge, uh, the choice that Donald Trump ended up making. Other ones, obviously, are Vivek, are Tim Scott, are Christy Nome, are Carrie Lake, and a few others. So we have a lot of opportunity and choices that we have in front of us. The field of Republicans are wide. The Democrat choices seem to be quite narrow. They don't know what to do with themselves. That does it for us today. Until then, we're back at it again next weekend. Be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice of Reason. We'll see you on the radio.